Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Rich Eisen. He is one of the all-time... Rich Eisen. Absolute friggin' greats. This is the Rich Eisen Show. I don't see no competition. With guest host Ben Lyons. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Hey, Rich. Huge fan. Love your show. Listen to it every day. Thanks, brother. The Rich Eisen Show. And now, sitting in for Rich, here's Ben Lyons. Great to be with you on Tuesday, July 13th, 2021. Ben Lyons here hanging out for Rich. Rich, I believe, is off uh, the Amalfi Coast somewhere with Magic Johnson, LL Cool J, Sam Jackson. I think they're grilling some fish and enjoying the Mediterranean. He'll be back in a few weeks. I'm uh, hanging out uh, this week here uh, on Sirius XM 211, Westwood One, of course. Coming to you live from the Rich Eisen Studios in beautiful southern california and then next week i'll be back uh with the gang on peacock so looking forward to a few days here there's a lot going on uh, in a traditionally kind of dormant time in the sports weekend i'm joined as always while i'm doing the rich eisen show by our radio uh board op art raiders fan art is here with me today as well and art usually this is kind of a slow time yeah he's got his own intro music that's a that's what happens when you control the boards on your own show you've got your own intro music uh raiders Raiders board op Art is here, and, uh, you know, Art knows that it's uh, traditionally kind of a slow time of year in the sports calendar. However, we're blessed with the NBA Finals. We had the Home Run Derby last night. Team USA struggling as they get ready for uh, their Olympic uh, run out in Tokyo, the men's basketball team. We've got the WNBA All-Star game coming up this week. A lot going on in the sports world, so I'm not going to be flying solo for the next three hours. We've got a, a couple of friends going to stop by and, and, and share their insights on what's happening in the world of sports. Clinton Yates is going to check in in about 20 minutes. Clinton's one of the great voices in baseball today. I love his work on ESPN, love his work on social media, and just has a real passion for the game of baseball, not just following the MLB. So we'll talk about the global game and, and how Otani is impacting that. We'll talk with Clinton, who's out there in Denver, um, catching fly balls in the outfield. So we'll talk with Clinton Yates in a little bit. Paul Rabel from the Premier Lacrosse League, friend of the show. He's going to check in. They have their all-star game coming up this weekend in San Jose. A uh, good buddy of mine, Peter Rosenberg, out at Hot 97 in New York and ESPN in New York is going to check in. Scott Feinberg from the Cannes Film Festival. I just saw the Wes Anderson movie last night. I want to hear all about that. Plus, Dominique Foxworth a little later on in the show. We'll talk some NFL. So we got a lot of friends stopping by. Uh, but I want to talk about what I saw last night in the Home Run Derby. Uh, I call him Matt Alonzo, but he's Pete Alonzo. 
Okay, we'll get into that in a little bit. But I call him Matt Alonzo. But Pete Alonzo, uh, who did give a nice shout-out to Nas and uh, Mob Deep in the music he chose last night as well as his interview. Uh, he went yard a whole bunch of times. I was reading a stat today that over his uh, two performances, he's now the back-to-back home run champion uh, in Major League Baseball. He won it in 2019. No derby last year, of course. Wins it again this year. Gets not only a nice trophy from Ken Griffey Jr., but a giant iced-out chain that spun in circles. Uh, he's had over 100 career home run derby home runs. I didn't know that baseball analytics were so detailed that they were they were tracking stuff like this. How many points has Nate Robinson scored in NBA All-Star Game dunk contests? How many yards has Peyton Manning thrown in Pro Bowl skills competitions? I, does that make you a, an all-time great power hitter? Uh, I don't know where where Matt, but his real name is Pete Alonzo, uh, ranks in the all-time uh, slugger conversations. But in terms of where he stands in today's game, uh, he thinks he's right at the top. Here's what he had to say after his performance out in Denver last night. I think I'm the best power hitter on the, on the planet. And uh, being able to showcase, be able to showcase that and uh, really put on a fun display for, for fans, I just think that um, it's, it's truly, a, truly a, a dream come true for me because when I was younger, my parents actually let me uh, stay up past my bedtime to watch this. Um, hi, guys. Thank you. <laughs> um, but they, um, yeah, so that was one of the few nights of the year where I actually got to stay up past my bedtime and watch and just watch um, absolutely incredible feats that uh, you just don't see in a, in a regular baseball game. And to be able to participate is, it's a dream come true. And to be able to do it back to back, this is really special for me. Yeah, you love to see him locked in. You love to see how seriously he took the event. I think that's a problem with all-star festivities across all of sports is that oftentimes the star players, eh, they don't really want to play. They don't really want to show out and do their thing. They feel exposed. They feel they might get injured. They feel like they'd rather be in Cancun, whatever it is. That's ruined their swing. We'll get into that a little bit as well. Um, And if you're just tuning in, Ben Lyons filling in for Rich Eisen on the Rich Eisen Show. Uh, you know, you hear uh, oftentimes players like I remember Sammy Sosa, I think, pulled a muscle while sleeping conveniently right before the All-Star game. Uh, so to have uh, Pete Alonzo really take the event seriously, really uh, lock in uh, is great. That's what you want from Major League Baseball. But I we think all... I'm the best power hitter on the, on the planet. I get it. I get it. You just hit uh, 40 home runs with a clock and I get it. But Shohei Otani's the best power hitter in baseball. And, and we all know that. And if you think back to when you played Little League growing up, the best player on the team was also the best pitcher. The best pitcher was the best hitter. They would pitch. They would play the outfield. They'd play first base, whatever it was. But they would pitch. They'd hit. They were always the best player. And the fact that this guy's been able to continue that now all the way through the major leagues and then do that at the major league level and makes him the best power hitter. And I don't care what he did last night, hitting a bunch of doubles to down the, the right field line, um, you know, but Shohei Otani, what he's doing right now, um, it's a phrase in sports that gets thrown around too often. And it's something I wanted to unpack this week on the show. We don't talk enough about, you hear that often. We don't talk enough about so-and-so for MVP. We don't talk enough about so-and-so as a possible uh, Super Bowl contender. We don't talk enough about Maya Moore and the work she's done in the social justice and and and, and 
prison reform space and, and the case that she she helped, you know, exonerate. We don't talk enough about that in sports. That That's for sure. But the phrase we don't talk enough about in sports talk, sports talk radio, gets thrown around just way too much. I do think it's appropriate, though, when talking about Shohei Otani. Uh, and, and I was hoping that last night would be a little bit of a coming out party for him, uh, continuing to grow the game and grow his brand and grow interest in what he's doing out in Anaheim because, uh, you know, let's face it, even here in Southern California, there isn't a lot of buzz in the streets for the Anaheim Angels. So I know that that's not happening across the country, and it's also kind of crazy because they have Otani and Mike Trout, two of the best players in the game. But what Otani's doing tonight, pitching in the All-Star game, leading off, it takes me back to some of the great all-star memories from, from my childhood, which got me hooked on the game, which is why I still love baseball to this day. Uh, I think back to the 1989 all-star game and what an iconic moment it was when you had Vin Scully in the booth with former president Ronald Reagan talking baseball, talking life, and talking about Bo Jackson, somebody who's doing what Otani's doing. Otani's doing it. He's playing two different sports. It just happens to be in the same sport. I put what Otani's doing right up there with Bo Jackson and Deion Sanders. You want to go back in the day to guys like Jim Thorpe and uh, Dave DeBusher, who played for my Knicks and pitched for the White Sox. Even what Brian Jordan did back in the in the 80s and 90s. Just to do that, two, two sports at a high level, that's what Otani's doing. Uh, but I remember the 1989 All-Star game and the way things uh, kicked off that that legendary night when Ronald Reagan was in the booth with Vin Scully and Bo Jackson took to bat. And as Bo Jackson comes up, we talked about Ozzie Smith and you wearing a Cardinal uniform. And Jackson wears baseball and football, and you did football. Uh, yes, I played the Gipper, but I also played for real in a much earlier time. But uh, that bow down there, that's a pretty interesting hobby he has for his vacation. When baseball ends, he winds up uh, playing uh, playing football. I, I just, I don't know if there's ever been anyone doing it. Hey. He's remarkable, and look at that one. Bo Jackson says hello. set it up pretty interesting for him to the end of this season when he goes back to the Los Angeles Raiders. See, again, when you're the board op on your own radio show, Raiders board op arts, you can drop in uh, the former president of the United States shouting out your football team. Well, what a moment. And the reason I bring it up is last night I tweeted out that I don't like manufactured excitement. I want the real deal. That was an authentic moment. Uh, on the on baseball's biggest stage, the Midsummer Classic, Bo Jackson, the first pitch of the game, Ronald Reagan and Vin Scully on the call. It doesn't get more Americana than that. And it's just an iconic, legendary moment. It wasn't manufactured. They didn't put a clock on a baseball game. They didn't, oh, say, oh, he gets bonus time just so we can actually get him into a swing-off. And felt like they're kind of making it up as they went along last night. Uh, there are a lot of bells and whistles with the modern home run derby. There's eight guys. There's a clock. Uh, it feels like I'm watching Game of Thrones. It's a ton of white guys with beards just whacking that stuff. I don't know who they are. It's like Game of Thrones. So 
the format with the clock, there's more stars. They could really use a betting element to it. I would love to in real time on DraftKings say, okay, how many is he going to hit in the next minute? Is he going to have 20 this round? And here's what it sounds like when Alonzo goes yard in today's modern home run derby. Six wins it, and now it's five that will win it. Another massive shot from Alonzo. Four to win it, like a countdown. Three to win it. Two to win it. He's not missing. One more to win it as Alonzo comes out of the timeout and walks it off. What a finish. Alonzo defends his title. The 2021 Derby champion put the belt on again. Six home runs in 30 seconds for Pete Alonso. Uh, I call him Matt. And, uh, you know, you, you, Carl Ravitch sounds like Ryan Seacrest counting down New Year's Eve. Uh, baseball's not about that. You don't see, uh, you don't go to the driving range and, and watch uh, Bryson DeChambeau. Try, wow, he hit 50 drives in 30 seconds. Uh, does that make him a better driver if he slices them all into the woods? Um, you know, I, I, what, I, what I love about the home run derby. I think um, I'm the best power hitter on the, on the planet. Is, is, the, is the energy you, you get from the crowd. But I think when it's just rapid fire it like that, you lose kind of the specialness behind it. You know, baseball is about being selective and finding that pitch to groove. I grew up on a much different home run derby. I don't know if you're familiar with the classic TV show that uh, was shot in December of 1959. Uh, a guy by the name of Mark Scott hosted and produced it. It's incredible. It's one of my favorite pieces of sports television. I don't know how I saw this as a kid growing up. It was distributed by MGM back in the day. They only did one season of it in 1960 where sluggers competed head-to-head. They played like almost like a nine-inning game with three outs per inning, I wasn't just, oh, wow, he hit 35 home runs in two minutes. Baseball shouldn't have a clock. That's what's so great about it. Time stands still. Time is just a false construct. We all saw Arrival with Amy Adams and the aliens came down. What is time? It doesn't exist. Baseball reminds us of that. So to have a clock, uh, I think, takes something out of it. But this show back in the day, hosted by Mark Scott, had some of the biggest sluggers of all time competing head-to-head for for scraps, for peanuts. Here's who's, here, here's the intro to the show. Tell me if you would have watched this as a kid growing up. From the wonderful world of sports, we bring you Home Run Derby, where each week the leading home run hitters of the major leagues will compete in a home run hitting contest. You'll meet such stars as Duke Snyder, Eddie Matthews, Rocky Colavito, Mickey Mantle, Armin Killebrew, Jim Lemon, Willie Mays, Jackie Jensen, and many others. What? Are you kidding me? Harmon Killebrew, Ernie Banks, Frank Robinson, Duke Snyder, Mickey Mano, Willie Mays. Hey, are you kidding me? Listen to this matchup. These two icons, we had a head-to-head for the ages of arguably the two greatest baseball players of all time. I I remember this episode as my favorite. Hi there, everybody. I'm Mark Scott saying, welcome to Home Run Derby. This week, we have two of the greatest stars in all of baseball, that fence-busting switch hitter, Mickey Mantle, and the wondrous say-hey kid, Willie Mays. Let's meet them, shall we? Well, Mickey, come on in. Welcome to Home Run Derby. Thank you, Mark. How are you going to hit today? I'm going to hit right-handed today, Mark. Is that your best power? 
Well, most all of my real long home runs have been from the right-hand side of the plate. Well, that settles that. Willie, come on in. Welcome to Home Run Derby. Thank you, Ma. Willie, uh, you can only hit one way. You're right-handed. Uh, will it make any difference whether the pitcher is right-handed or left-handed? No, it doesn't, Mark. Uh, when I'm hitting good, I probably hit anybody. Righty or lefty. Well, that just proves that they're great ball players. I mean, Willie Mays and Mickey Mantle going one-on-one in a home run hitting contest? Are you kidding me? I don't need three minutes on the clock, eight guys in a tournament trying to hit 40. Give me Mickey Mantle and the Say Hey Kid going one-on-one. I think I'm the best power hitter on the, on the planet. Well, you're not. You're, Willie Mays is still on the planet, so no, you're not. Uh, let's uh, if, if Mickey Mantle... And Willie Mays are going one-on-one in a home run hitting contest. They must have been playing for some big-time prizes. I mean, what? Think about today. Imagine if Shohei Otani and Aaron Judge went one-on-one, probably playing for a million dollars. What were they playing for back then, Art? You probably want to know what the prizes are. The winner, the one who gets the greatest number of home runs, gets $2,000. The loser has the consolation prize of $1,000. But as an additional bonus... If you hit three consecutive balls out of the ballpark in fair territory, it will be worth $500 to either one of you. Now, if you get the fourth one in a row, it's another $500. For every additional home run that you hit after that, an additional $1,000. Wow. Who knew that growing up you could either hit home runs like Mickey Mantle or fill in for Rich Eisen uh, for a week and a half and probably do about the same that's that's just insane. Um, Mickey Mantle appeared on the show five times uh, that that season, hit 44 home runs over his five appearances. Hank Aaron was on the show seven times and made over $13,000. The stadium was Wrigley Field. No, not in Chicago. Like I said, they shot it in December of 1959. So it was just a, about a Mickey Mantle home run down the road from where we are here in Southern California downtown Los Angeles, uh, and, and it's just a tremendous piece of television. And I bring it up because it was, it was made about, you know, 21 years before I was born, but I've discovered it as I was about 9 or 10 years old. And it's that connection to baseball's past. It's that reverence for the nostalgia that baseball should always lean into, even as it continues to try to move the game forward. There's always talks about how to engage the young fan in baseball. Well, it's not by changing the game. It's not by adding elements from other games. It's by celebrating what makes baseball truly special and why we all fell in love with it in the first place. So instead of dissecting baseball, which people often do during the Midsummer Classic, how do we make the game faster? How do we bring in a different audience? How do we? No, baseball is a great game. It's a great sport. MLB might have issues, but as Clinton Yates, who covers baseball for ESPN and will join us momentarily, we'll talk about The game is much bigger than just the MLB. And baseball as a sport has this deep connection to its past that should be celebrated, even even though it has some some blemishes on the the way. So we'll get into all of it. We'll have a great baseball conversation coming up next with Clinton Yates. I'm Ben Lyons filling in for Rich Eisen on The Rich Eisen Show. That's going to set it up pretty interesting for him to the end of this season when he goes back to the Los Angeles Raiders. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. 
Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. But there's something about the first pitch. How'd you do? Yeah. Um, well, it was an 0-2 count in my head. So <laughs> don't tell me. Waste I had, not tell me you I had hey. one to throw. I had, I had the starting catcher out there. He scooped it so quick. It, he framed it. It looked like it was a strike. The cameras kind of missed the angles. They're like, hey, great pitch. I'm like, yeah, what? There's one hop right down the middle. So. I mean, there's no upside to throwing the first pitch no, out, right? There's nowhere to go. Hard, there's nowhere to go but down, and uh, it's just it's harder than you think. But uh, were you nervous? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I'd rather throw four interceptions on national TV <laughs> than get up there, hit somebody in the back on a golf course, or one hop it to the oh. catcher. Ben Lyons in for Rich Eisen on the Rich Eisen Show. That's Kevin Millar hanging out with Peyton Manning, talking about throwing out the first pitch and just having fun with the game of baseball and. Nobody in my life uh, who I'm not related to. My father is probably the biggest baseball fan in my life, but there's nobody I'm not related to in my life who loves baseball as much as our next guest, Clinton Yates, joins the show from the All-Star festivities out in Denver. Uh, have you ever thrown out a first pitch, Clinton? I have not thrown out a first pitch, but I feel like if I did it, I would force myself to definitely get on the mound to make sure that I go through with my full motion because I wouldn't be able to live with myself if I did it from in front of the dirt. Oh, definitely not. I had the privilege of doing it about 10 years ago in Chicago for a White Sox game. Mark Burley was my catcher for this uh-huh. uh, this event. And for some reason, an emboldened young Ben Lyons felt uh, the need and had the audacity to throw a knuckleball. Oh, you went off speed. Um, shook off some signs, threw a knuckleball, uh, sadly, kind of made it across the plate, but definitely caught some dirt. It dropped. It was Wakefield-esque, they said. Uh, but uh, was not welcome Was not welcome to come back at, at, to Comiskey Park and do it again. Um, the, uh, but the reason I bring it up, just fun around the game of baseball. To hear Peyton Manning talking about the nerves and the joy he had doing that, I remember it fondly. Just the idea of people having fun around the game. That's what this week is all about right now in Denver. What's been the most fun for you being there on the, uh, on the ground? I think that this is going to sound kind of trite, but the reality is being here. Let's not forget, there was no All-Star game last year. We are a year plus removed from this entire extravaganza even happening. And for many people, this is the most exciting part of the year. Not necessarily because anything in specific is so great, but because you get to be around so many different types of people, so many different types of players, so many different types of folks around the game who aren't necessarily players but are fans as well. So Home Run Derby last night was great. We saw so many different cultures of the 
game coming together. I presume the All-Star game tonight is going to be fantastic. I was also at the Futures game. There was a high school All-American game. I mean, just people being able to gather in the same place and talk about it and enjoy, never mind play baseball, is it's almost like, I don't know, it's like a rebirth. I almost forgot how much I liked it because I hadn't been doing it with any people you know, for such a long time. Clinton Yates does a great job covering baseball for ESPN. You can follow him on Twitter at Clean Tone. It's pretty smooth. <laughs> That's my DN, my display name. Nothing changes on the actual name. At Clinton Yates, uh, give him a follow. He has great coverage not only from the All-Star game, but just always covering the game at large. And I feel like the Midsummer Classic, like you said, a reset, a check-in. But so often, especially in this medium, people use it as an opportunity to say, how do we fix the game? How do we make it faster? How do we make it appeal to TikTokers? Well, you have Jenny Finn strike one of them out, first of all. Um, But then also, uh, you, uh, you you speak to just the joy that the game itself brings to so many people and cultures around the world, not just MLB. So instead of focusing on that, let's focus on what you love right now about the game of baseball in the year 2021. I love the fact that in the in the year of 2021, because, and this is sort of a longer belabored point, but follow me here, like because the way that we watch specifically Major League Baseball so regionally, and there's a whole host of reasons why that's the case, I really feel like the Internet has popularized – a part of the game that allows us to access the players and just the actual game itself in a way that we haven't had before. So people have a pretty decent idea of who people are globally or who sort of college stars are because they can watch this stuff on their phones and they can interact with the game on a level that isn't just about who's hitting the most homers and who's on Sports Center. Like, I call myself the president of base running Twitter all the time because it's just a funny thing. But, like, there are a whole IG accounts dedicated to just, like, great fielding plays and stuff like that. You know, like, I feel that the sort of globalization of the Internet has allowed us all to really watch each other do the stuff that we like a lot more. And that, to me, is just, it's just really fun because access is such an important part of everything, never mind baseball. And the more people can see each other, the more people can know that people are out there really trying trying the better we can all be never mind have fun with the game so i'm excited about that man i've met so many people through the internet and who like baseball that are here now and it's just like yes hello it's it's nice when your twitter friends become uh real life people and their avatars aren't actually just like you know in the in the matrix they're oh wow you're a real person i've known you for five years yeah and you know who's a great example of that just quickly is rob pitching ninja like what that guy does and he's brought back like sort of an element of the game where people sort of watch things a little bit more closely i got to meet him for the first time back at the world series in 2019 he's here now so that's the kind of example of that kind of stuff some people are so niche but it means so much to a lot of folks Clinton Yates joins the show. He covers baseball for ESPN, champion of the game. Ben Lyons filling in for Rich Eisen on the Rich Eisen Show. Hit me up on Twitter at I am Ben Lyons, at Rich Eisen Show. But something that connects all these modern voices, all this new talent in the game today is the nostalgia that is forever interwoven into the game of baseball. Seeing the kid Ken Griffey Jr. come out there and present that award last night was just brought me back to my childhood. So I can imagine what the all-star game of 99 must have done for my father to see Ted Williams out on the mound at Fenway Park, joined by now the late, great Tony Gwynn. Just that connection to the past is something that baseball will always have as part of it. How do you think baseball leans into that when, as we know, baseball's past isn't all Norman Rockwell paintings in Americana and apple pie? That's where the access thing becomes really important because if I played and if I had a son, I don't, I don't have any kids, but like if for whatever reason my kid 
did not have the same access to the game because of the various economic machinations that we've gone through as a country, well, then the game is going to die, you know, and I say that for girls and boys. I mean, I'm just like, I, I sometimes I get emotional when I see families that have managed to do it and they're managing to do things together to find themselves near the diamond. I met a guy yesterday just randomly getting, standing in line for a lemonade and he asked me if my name was my name. And I said, yeah, how you doing? He said, no, big fan. I said, well, is this your first derby? Are you having fun? He goes, no, actually, I'm here with my son. I was one of the shaggers on the field when the first All-Star game was in uh, you know, Coors Field. And I was like, what? You know, like, it was just such a, it was, I mean, it, it wasn't great or bad. It was just emotional to think that he had brought his son back to an all-star game because he had been there as well. And that experience brought him there, brought him back to the yard as a grown man with a child. So it's stuff like that. When you see the people who are really trying to make sure that they pass things down the right way, you know, and I, I think that's really important. If more kids can play, then more kids are going to like the game. And I, I don't want to get too far off on a tangent on this in terms of marketing, but, like, that's really what it is. You have to have people that actually like watching people run the bases, pick up the ball, throw it around, and hit it. You know, it's not necessarily about, you know, the star power, which I'm totally fine with, but if people fall out of love with what the game actually is from just a sports standpoint, doesn't have a chance, man. No, well said, Clinton, and I was very fortunate to have that father, as you know, of the world's biggest Boston Red Sox fan. It's going to say, cause of death, Boston Red Sox on his tombstone <laughs> when he leaves this life. Um, left my high school graduation early because Pedro was pitching. I'll see you at dinner. I'm going to the Bronx. Um, wow. So, yeah, so uh, I, I was very fortunate, which got me hooked on the game, and that love of the game has stayed with me. But it's also, like you said, playing the game, and I think – using the Midsummer Classic as a way to showcase all of the nuance that makes the game special would be a great opportunity for baseball. So I'm going to pitch you some skills competitions, and you tell me Let's as the, what, the mayor of, of base running on the internet the or whatever title you give yourself. base running Twitter. Let's get it right. <laughs> would you like to see a fastest around the bases competition? I would love to see that. And I would also probably like to see a line-to-line competition in the outfield on the morning track. That is something I would watch as well. I oh, would definitely watch Only that. if we can include the freeze in that. Well, <laughs> the freeze, that dude could move, man. I've never – that was that was one of the more fun baseball promotions we've seen in the last decade, by the by. My dad and I had the privilege of going to London for the Red Sox-Yankee games, and he was introduced to the freeze. Then he's like, what is this? I've never seen this. And I go, oh, wait. And it's his. it was his favorite thing. Like, he absolutely loved the freeze. Um, all right, so running around the bases. How about the guy who can throw it the furthest? I don't know that that's that interesting to me. I mean, maybe an accuracy thing, not the farthest, but like, you know, Tom Amansky style. Like, can you get this into this trash can from this distance in the outfield? Or like, can you sit or can you stand at a particular position on the infield and hit the target every single time? That I would check out. Accuracy. Okay. Like the slap shot competition in the sort NHL. Of, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Having, uh, having a guy at third base throwing uh, and knocking out some plates or something like that would be good. <laughs> Um, how about some diving catches? Like put a jugs machine, have them start at a line, and can they run down a fly ball at a certain spot? That's pretty cool. That would be that that has a higher injury potential situation, but I would definitely watch that for sure. Well, that's something that comes up in all these, you know, competitions across all sports. In about half an hour, we're gonna have Paul Rabel, the co-founder, chief marketing officer, and midfielder of the Premier Lacrosse League, uh, talking about their all-star festivities this weekend coming up. They have a skills yeah. competition. You know I'm an NBA nerd and a dunk contest right. historian. So there's always this conversation of will guys get hurt? Is this is this thing true that guys' swings get messed up when they do the home run contest? Oh, this is a 
whole other discussion because of the way that the hitting evolution of te- you know, the teaching of hitting has evolved between swing planes and launch angles and so forth. There's an outside argument that every guy's swing is messed up now who's below a certain age because of the way the game is taught as a result of how they want to you know measure metrics and so forth. But I think that what it is, it's a very singular thing. I don't necessarily know that it's a guy's swing gets messed up. It's just that it's a different pattern and rhythm of how you would ever hit in any other situation. And I include his batting practice. You know what I'm saying? Guys, if you don't know, listeners, when guys take batting practice in the bigs, they're not out there just trying to mash the ball all over the place. You know what I mean? They're working on certain things, and you're getting in there for five or ten cuts at a time, and then you're rotating out. So just from a physical exertion standpoint, doing something like the derby, is hard. You know what I mean? And so by the time you get back to your regular routine, you're a little out of whack. Whether or not the specific mechanics of how you choose to get a ball out of the park versus how you choose to try to get a ball on the ground and advance a runner, that's per individual. But I think it's just the process of doing it a lot of times that makes guys feel like, oh, this is a big difference in the total routine that is a Major League Baseball season, which is already a grind. Clinton Yates joins the show. He covers baseball for ESPN. Ben Lyons filling in for Rich Eisen on the Rich Eisen Show. We got to talk some Otani, man. We got, we got, because the, my least favorite phrase in sports talk media right now is we don't talk enough about, (laughs) I talk about this stuff all the time. And that's, that's, you're exactly right. I mean, it it, it is sort of a self-fulfilling prophecy where people say, well, why is it Mike Trout, the face of baseball or whatever, whatever, the stars don't have to be the so-called best players, you know, number one and number two, like, sorry, I can't engage with somebody who says we don't talk about X and X enough because I'm talking about it all the damn time. You know what I'm saying? And Otani is a player who, I mean, it's really hard to describe what his impact is on the game, not just from a baseball standpoint, but just a, an imagery standpoint in terms of who he is. You know, a young man leaves his home country, comes with much fanfare to the United States, and is trying to do something that nobody's ever done. And after a couple of seasons and trying to figure it out, he's doing it. He's starting in the All-Star game on the mound and in the lineup as DH. What on God's terribly green earth is that even about? It's incredible. And I don't think that you have to go much farther than that to understand how cool it is. By the by, Shohei's most underrated skill, you guessed it, base running. <laughs> only Fact. only the president of base running on Twitter would notice that. He's a that. great base runner. Check out his first to third all the time. He can move, and he's a big guy. And so that's what I mean. I'm Just to quickly wrap that point up, that's yep. what I mean by talking about the actual learning of the game of baseball, the athleticism required, the skill set required to do the things, to me, is cool on its own. Shohei Otani does it all. Do you agree with Pete Alonzo's assessment of himself, that he's the best slugger in the game? I think Pete Alonso is really good at winning home run derbies, and I think Pete Alonso got in a great groove, and I think that his thrower, his pitching coach, I can't remember his name right now, Rouse, I believe his name is, was on fire. He was almost more locked in than Pete Alonso was. But Pete Alonso is exactly what I think yesterday needed. And to those who weren't there, basically here's what happened. When Otani got eliminated by Juan Soto of the Nationals, who, by the way, I also had there was a great moment where uh, – his pitching coach sort of threw one off because they were in the middle of a, uh, a swing-off, and he like threw behind his head to sort of break the tension of how intense it was. It was hilarious. Anyway, when Otani got eliminated, a bunch of people left the park, and as did like, a lot of the fanfare. And so Alonzo's there trying to sort of keep interest and keep the buzz up, and he's dancing, he's having a great time. Like, he did a heck of a job with that. You know? And I, I really like the fact that he appreciates the event for what it is beyond just – our assessments of him as, you know, what he is during the regular season. Oh, I said that at the top of the show today. I love the fact, Clinton, that he cared about it more than anybody in the building last night. Yeah, 
Absolutely, man. He, I mean, he, listen, for those of you who don't know, he was playing Mob Deep and Nas and hitting bombs, all right? And that's a big deal because, hello, they're rappers from Queens who are all-time greats, and he picked it himself. Like, that kind of connectivity culturally, to me, I was over the moon, man. It was a really fun experience. There's really no other way to put it. See, I jokingly call him Matt Alonzo because, to me, when I played Little League on the Upper West Side of Manhattan, there was a kid on another team who was a marginal second baseman named Matt Alonzo, and I just Freudian slip it all the time. <laughs> But I also use it to make a point where I agree with you. There's tremendous talent in baseball right now. But crossover star power, I don't always see it. And that's not a, that's not a knock on these guys. Right. You know, I play often the can they host Saturday Night Live game. And your host, Mike Trout. Right, not going to work. People, I don't know if he's... People don't even know the sound of his voice. Right. You know? And I think that there is, there is room for critique on MLB on that. But I think also it's it's... It's this weird pocket of fandom where people feel like they're owed something from athletes when, in fact, I, I, that's just never how I looked at it. You know what I mean? It was like, well, you want to find out about this person's life. You can go do it yourself. Like, you know what I mean? Well, and that's like, what I'm so lot. excited about with Otani. You know, he's the second right. Japanese-born player to pitch in the All-Star game, uh, to start in the All-Star game. Of course, Hideo Nomo did it. And, you know, I want, I've learned more about Nomo's life and how his agent got him out of his contract in Japan and got him to the Dodgers. It's a fascinating story. Um, I want to learn more about, like, the making of Otani. Like, how did he fall in love with baseball? I totally agree. And, if, you know, there's probably going to be some kid out there in God knows where America who's going to want to learn Japanese or sees the Korean League on TV and, you know, wants to actually expand their mind and their worldview as a result of something that happens in sports, never mind baseball. And that, to me, is, like, what this is kind of all about. You know what I mean? It's trying to figure out how to connect with people and have fun. It matters for the human experience and the human existence. Major League Baseball All-Star Game going down tonight at Coors Field in Denver. I remember fondly the Bo Jackson leadoff home run. I remember on this date in 1999 when Pedro started the All-Star Game in Fenway Park and struck out Larry Walker, Barry Larkin, McGuire, Sosa. That was an epic All-Star moment. For you, Clinton, what's been your favorite All-Star moment over the years? Huh. That's a tough one, man. I remember when Cal grooved one out on his last All-Star game. That was pretty cool. But I actually got to tell you, the All-Star game moment that I'm just, I've been talking about the most was, in fact, not this home run derby. It was the last one in Cleveland. And Fernando, I mean, not Fernando Tatis, uh, Vladdy Guerrero Jr. put on a show and a half, and he didn't even win. You know what I mean? Like, I'll never forget seeing that, what that was like. I was just like, yo, this kid can mash, and there's no question about it. But, you know, the format is different. They don't really do it the same way. So if you hit a bunch, you're not necessarily going to win. But that one will be forever burned in my brain because we were there. I appreciate you taking some time from being out there. I'm sure you're bumping into people everywhere. Like, I feel like the hotel lobby, you see, like, Walt Pop Weiss it, having a breakfast burrito. Like, it's Pop got it. to be met some Eric great sightings. I daughter randomly at a breakfast place yesterday. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is the kind of stuff that we have. This is the kind of world that we're connecting in. Clinton Yates, he covers baseball uh, better than anybody in the business for ESPN. He's kind enough to join the show. Before we say goodbye, uh, yep. meaningless World Series prediction in July that we won't hold you to. Meaningless World Series prediction <laughs> in July. What do you got? So let's say Padres and let's say, dang it, who from the AL is going to make the uh, – The Dodger fan of me realizes that we're out of time. Sorry, yeah. Clinton. Oh, yeah, funny. I didn't like that Padres Not answer. even the best team in Northern Cal in California. No, I'm joking. All I right, know. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> Clinton Yates joins the show. Enjoy your time out there, man. Uh, really appreciate him taking some time. Coming up next, uh, you know, he mentioned that some of the fans left the building when Otani went out. I kind of did the same thing sitting on the couch last night watching, and I flipped over to something that's got me really concerned.
I'm I'm upset. I, we got to figure it out because I switched the channel last night and I turned on a horror movie. I'm going to break it down next. Ben Lyons in for Rich Eisen. This is the Rich Eisen Show. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the Just Capital seal. Bank of America is ranked number one for ongoing commitment to their workers with initiatives like Sharing Success, which awarded 97% of their teammates additional compensation, nearly all in stock. This is the program's seventh consecutive year, awarding more than $4.8 billion in total. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. Welcome back to the show. The show rolls on. Ben Lyons filling in for Rich. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Coming up in about 15 minutes, Paul Rabel has the coolest title in all of sports. Co-founder, chief marketing officer, midfielder for the Premier Lacrosse League. Check out their games and the All-Star Game on Peacock. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll chop it up with Paul in about 15 minutes. But last night I'm watching the Home Run Derby and... You know, I was obviously excited about Otani. I think it's a great moment for him on this stage. I think I'm the best power hitter on the the planet. I don't agree with you, Matt, but his real name is Pete Alonso because Otani playing as uh, – for the Anaheim Angels, the way he's been playing as as a pitcher and a power hitter on pace to break Roger Maris's American League record of 61 home runs, coming from halfway around the world, playing – with teammates, he doesn't speak the same language, but they share the, the universal language of baseball. It's a beautiful thing. He's he's uh, the star uh, that has me most engaged and most excited about baseball right now. Um, so when he went out in the first round, or I, I kind of lost track, I got to be honest, of how they were doing it with the, the clock and the first round and the swing off and bonus time. And I, I was watching him for a minute and 40 seconds. He had like two home runs, and then all of a sudden he had 28. So I, I don't know how that happened, but... Once he was eliminated, I switched the channel because I wanted to watch the fourth quarter of the men's USA basketball team taking on the men's team from Australia in a pre-Olympic exhibition. It's important to remember it's an exhibition game. It's a scrimmage. It's a friendly if this were football overseas, soccer here in America. It was a friendly But the United States men's basketball team did not look real good last night. In fact, they looked terrible. 
And when asked about their performance historically compared to teams in the past, this is what Team USA coach Greg Popovich said about their performance. You know, after a short time together, there's a lot of things that have to be covered. Uh, But the first half and the second half were two different beasts. In the first half, we defended the way we wanted to defend, the way we did not defend against Nigeria. We were more physical. Uh, we sustained the defense longer. We rebounded better. We moved the ball better at the offensive end and had more pace. In the second half, uh, we tired out. And when that happens, you know, you get hit mentally a little bit too. And we didn't sustain the board the same way. The defense wasn't the same. Our pace wasn't the same. So, you know, we got to get some guys that have to get their legs and rhythm back. But in general, you know, we need more conditioning, which is totally understandable. And we're just sticking with the process to try to get better with every game. Uh, and we did that tonight. So I was pleased with, uh, with what I saw. Trying to find the silver linings in this loss. I get it. Uh, it is an exhibition. It's a scrimmage. I keep telling myself that. However, seeing Team USA lose 91-83, where Patty Mills goes off for 22 points. Uh, it just, uh, it really gets me upset because I love Team USA. I love the Olympics. I love basketball. And I, I, I'm not coming at this from a place of entitlement. I don't think it's the days of 92 when the, the dream team is beating Angola by 70 and then they're taking photos with them after the game. Like We know that we're past that. So I'm, I'm, I'm really not coming at this from an arrogant American perspective. I'm really not. I understand that the talent has shifted in the global basketball community. I mean, look at this year's first team All-NBA. Three of the guys are from overseas. Look at the last three MVPs in the NBA. The last three, all from overseas. Jokic, back-to-back for Giannis. More overseas players made first team than Americans. Plus, you throw in Embiid and Gobert. You know, the the United States lost to Nigeria the other night. Mike Brown has been a head coach in the NBA, coach LeBron, coach the Lakers. He's an assistant in the NBA up in Golden State under Steve Kerr. He's coaching Nigeria. They just beat Team USA, and then they beat Argentina which is littered with NBA talent and has a a storied international past. So Nigeria is for real. Australia is for real. Joe Ingles. Like, the the global game has never been better. So to think that America is going to waltz in here with not its best players and not its full team um, is is really kind of ridiculous. Um, You know, think about it. Two weeks ago, KD was going head-to-head with Giannis, and now here he is going out there. So I applaud KD for doing it, but... Our best players aren't in it for various reasons. They've either been in it too many times. LeBron, Chris Paul, Melo, Anthony Davis, Harden, Kyrie, Steph, Julius Randle, second team All-NBA. He's not on the team. Kawhi Leonard's injured. Paul George. I would love to see Zion out there. John Moran. I mean, we don't even have – we got Jeremy Grant out there. Now, I understand Devin Booker and Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday are going to show up, but they just looked awful last night, and – Um, I don't think the strategy of going small was the move, but in the worlds in 2019, when they went big with miles Turner and they lost, they came in seventh. So now they got bam out of bio. Who's an undersized center playing center. They're out of shape. They're flat. They don't have their full team. The competition's never been better. 
I kind of got sick to my stomach last night because I realized that I don't think America's going to win the gold medal. I don't know if I'm going to go out here there and predict that they lose. I want to see them when Book shows up and Chris Middleton and these guys. But I'm not 100% going in, confident going into Tokyo now that Team USA on the men's side is going to win. I'm 100% confident on the women's side. As always, the women hold it down, whether it's basketball, soccer, track and field, Team USA, the women, first class. So uh, shouts out to Debriana Stewart and Diana Taurasi and Sue Bird and all the legends on that squad. They're going to run through Tokyo, Asia Wilson. But on the men's side, Damian Lillard and Kevin Durant go 10 of 20 from three and they still can't get it done. Now I know it's an exhibition. I know it's a scrimmage. Shouldn't really even keep score. Get out there, get in shape, get some shots up, get some continuity. But yo, Let's get it together. Team USA's 9-5 and five in exhibitions under Greg Popovich. We miss Mike Krzyzewski. So I was horrified by what I saw last night, and hopefully the additions of Booker and Drew Holiday and Middleton, when those guys get done with the NBA Finals and they can get on the plane and get out to Japan, hopefully that rights the ship. Because right now, I don't think Team USA is going to win the gold medal. I can't believe I'm saying that. Uh, all right, no more of that. Let's move on to another all-star game taking place this weekend up in San Jose. Paul Rabel, the co-founder, CMO, and midfielder in the uh, premier lacrosse leagues joining the show. Ben Lyons filling in for Rich Eisen. It's the Rich Eisen Show.